0: Welcome to issue 30 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labelled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Glenn, and joining me is Mike. Hello. And Steve. How you doing? Not too bad. Uh, so, Steve, first off this week, we just need to get a bit of business out of the way. Uh, what was the on the business agenda this week?
1: Just so folks are aware, we're still down one villain. Mustafa is off. He'll be hopefully joining us once in a while. And if not, he'll be back full time in January. We're also, you notice, Daniel's not here. Unfortunately... Daniel had a sudden death in his family. Uh, Our thoughts and prayers are with him uh, while he deals with that. It's been a tough year, and it hasn't gotten any easier for any of us. I think everybody in our Marvel community is also aware that Chadwick Boseman passed, uh, better known to us as T'Challa or Black Panther. I've seen a lot of great tributes out there uh, from people who know the man, and we encourage you to seek them out. Normally, at this point in the show, we would ask somebody to... Read some villainous quote, but in today, instead, we're going to read a quote that Mr. Bozeman gave himself at the 2018 commencement speech at his alma mater, Howard University. He said, when you're deciding on next steps, next jobs, next careers, further education, you should rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Well said. I, he he had a lot of great, positive, inspiring quotes throughout his life and his struggles. And I thought that one was pretty good. But we're going to try to... Uh, let's lift things up a little bit. We have a secret guest host here who read our intro. Who Who is this masked villain? Glenn, tell the folks who you are and how they know you.
0: Hey, uh, yep. So uh, my name is Glenn from Australia. I'm also known as Remedy on the Discord. And uh, yeah, I'm someone that likes to play
1: Marvel Champions. You have a... Uh... Bit of a podcast out there too, don't you?
0: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we try to record lukewarm content once a week <laughs> in, in the form of a podcast called Alter egos So, right. yeah, been doing that since April. A bit of a break, a bit of a hiatus now and then, but uh, nowhere near as consistent as you guys with your. I think this is episode thirty, so it's a it's a pleasure to come on and uh do what the late night shows do
1: <laughs> and guest host. We're glad to have you, and uh, since you're an alter ego, you know, supervillains have alter egos too, you know, I'm thinking Norman Osborn and Green Goblin, so uh, we're glad to have a, a non-hero on the show. Yeah, I I was
0: trying to think of a way to, like, redo the logo to look villainous, but uh, I haven't <laughs> come up with a good idea just yet.
1: <laughs> okay, got it. so let's get a couple of our standard questions out of the way. Uh, who is your favorite villain in the game or in the marvel universe
0: yeah well um, i think it's a bit easier now because thankfully the rise of red skull released just before recording this so i'm gonna say zola is probably my favorite villain in in the game it's a really fun scenario and i quite like how that all functions in terms of the marvel universe though it's a bit trickier i think my favorite is probably dr doom so uh, i hope to see him in the game
1: at some point all right, the guys over the side scheme would love you for that. Uh.
2: I'm sure they'll get him in soon. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see him soon.
1: So, any chance that he can come in, that would be awesome. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to play Zola. Mike, have you had a chance to play Zola?
2: No, uh, I'm in Canada, so you have to account for the exchange rate, the uh, the maple syrup factor, and uh, multiply by our time zones. And uh, I just received it yesterday. That was Street Date.
1: Oh, Street Date, that's pretty good. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah.
2: Actually, yeah, I thought it was going to be another week late. I'm still waiting for some stuff from, uh, August for Lord of the Rings. So yeah, haven't had a chance to crack it yet, but looking at a few of the cards, it looks a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, we've made it through crossbones on our three-player campaign just last night, so we haven't got to Zola yet.
2: I mean, if there's one thing this yep. game needed, it was more villains. It really did. I'm not just saying that for my villainous nature. We needed more villains, and now we have five. This is great. So Glenn, uh, quick question. uh just curious how how well read are you with Marvel it's like a lot little what are your some of your favorite stories
0: So uh uh my my knowledge of the Marvel universe can be described as a knowledge of 22 movies and like some very particular comic storylines Well you're in good company um, <laughs> <laughs> I um I've read I, like I read recently the powers of and house of x series I I've read. I'm I'm reading the Immortal Hulk, and I've been up to date with the Daredevil line recently from last year. But um, I mainly actually read non-Marvel comics, so I'm pretty familiar with a lot of uh, Image comics. Oh yeah, uh, and and Marvel yeah. is <laughs> Marvel is something new to me, which sounds <laughs> probably
1: not ideal for a Marvel podcast. But uh,
2: <laughs> I'm I was learning. in the same boat. <laughs> I get it.
1: I was going to say, uh, Mike has quite an eclectic collection of comics, so you two guys should get along. Yeah. Something about the non-US folks reading these <laughs> strange <laughs> comics. It's okay. Uh, my last question was, which hero do you secretly, or maybe not so secretly, love to see get their butts kicked? Uh, probably Dr. Strange. It's probably because
0: like, ever since uh, oh, wow. he came out in the car game, I, I'd love to see, see him get thwumped around a bit. Uh, there's also something about the Spider-Man films where where I feel like he, he gets beaten up quite a bit for a for a teenager. I yeah. just
1: don't yeah. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure about that one either. Yeah, and all his nemesis are like these old guys too. This this weird generational thing. Oh going.
2: yeah. I didn't even clue in
1: on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Okay, so what are we gonna do tonight? Uh, we are gonna talk about Hulk's nemesis, Abomination, and Glenn. You know all about him. Why don't you give us a rundown on who he is and where he came from and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> so uh, I recently learned about uh, a Mr. Emil Blonsky. before before today. Uh, my knowledge of him was from the 2008 film, The Incredible Hulk, but we'll get to that later. Uh, so his origin in the comic is that he is a Croatian, a Yugoslavian, who really was this guy that, decided to infiltrate one of the U.S. air bases in New Mexico that also happened to have General Thunderbolt Ross hanging around, of course. And his first appearance in the comics really was back in the uh, 60s, I believe, uh, in 67, with the Tales to Astonish issue 90. And there he debuted in a story called The Abomination. No surprises there. And, and really, it's a story where the Hulk gets kind of tricked by an alien called the Stranger to destroy all the world's weapon bases via mind control. But the Stranger only brainwashed the Hulk and not Bruce Banner. So when the Hulk turns to Bruce Banner, he realises he needs to destroy himself to try and save the world. So he goes to this base as well where uh, Emil is hanging out and General Ross is and turns on uh, the Gamma machine to try and lethally kill himself. It's like this very odd way of being a hero, but uh, unfortunately he he leaves before that happens. He gets escorted by some of the personnel and Emil who's been there sabotaging some of the weapons, decides to sneak in and go, "Oh, I wonder what this button does and so he hits the machine <laughs> and uh, oh. decides to become he gets bathed in radiation and he gets turned into what is known as the abomination. So he destroys the machine because he's just so overloaded with energy, uh, and decides to have this massive fight with the Hulk. So they get to fight in this first issue, and that's cool to see. And yeah, it shows that the Abomination actually is stronger than the Hulk, and so he, you know, beats up the Hulk, takes uh, takes Betty, and runs away. And that's his uh, sort of introduction into the Marvel universe. Uh, He is created by, I believe stanley and gil kane as you know a lot of the i guess villains were back in the 60s but yeah that's his that's his introduction to the comics and i I thought it was quite an interesting sort of introduction uh by emil and uh he you know continues to be a thorn in in banner's side for for much of the hulk's run where he you know goes and jumps into space and is summoned by witches and then betrays them and just (laughs) he, he always wants to go after go after the hulk and then, you know, he has a few encounters with Thor as well, where like he, he goes to the strangest planet and tries to free some prisoners and Thor shows up and uh, beats up Emil. <laughs> so, so he's kind of battled with a lot of the Titans and it's really unfortunate for him. Sometimes it, I feel like he's a little bit misunderstood. I feel like he, he tries to do some interesting things, <laughs> but the, the
1: various heroes show up and uh, give him a good walloping.
2: Isn't that always the thing? Uh, the yeah, the
1: villains just trying to do stuff, and the heroes are ones that come and hate on them. They come and them. swing it. Uh, so does yeah. uh, can Emil and the Abomination are they separate like the Hulk and Banner, or is he always the Abomination?
0: Uh, uh, my understanding is that once he turns, once like the form stabilizes, he, he can't uh, he can't readily change back and forth. So once he changes, he's kind of stuck uh, in his Abomination form. Uh, so unlike the Hulk, he doesn't have that ready, like the ability to readily change between forms.
2: What about his uh, intelligence?
0: He well on Marvel. I, I see. I'm. Not, this is this is how well I know comics. Like he has like a power level on Marvel, and I wasn't sure. Like uh... everyone must know this, right? So his intelligence is a two. So I was like, that's quite quite low. The poor guy. Like he was a really smart spy, but um, I guess once he transformed, you know, permanently into into the abomination, he he had a dip in IQ. <laughs> Unfortunately. So he could be on this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'd probably fit for it in really just yeah. sneak in as a as an extra guest. I was gonna say he he did have an interesting run where with Modoc, um, just because of the time it with the video game. I thought it was interesting that uh he he is known to have kind of teamed up with uh Modoc and so but Modoc's kind of a bit of a cruel dude and he actually subjugates abomination to some psychological conditioning to make him more afraid of modok than hulk which is really and then modok just you know modok just decides to disintegrate the abomination when it doesn't work out so again it's just a really tragic arc for this for this guy <laughs> you know he's just trying to join a team join a crew that understands him and uh, they just keep not wanting him to be part of it uh, one of the most other iconic storylines is that he was involved in the murder murder of you know betty, betty Benner, where he tries to basically set up that betty gets poisoned by radiation when really emil was actively involved in, in doing doing the deed and so that really in a way he succeeds he he you know is complicit in that but hulk later finds out about it and then has this arc of forgiveness towards abomination which the abomination then has this crisis that you know hulk forgave him and and then yeah. he realizes that he himself is the villain. And so there's this tragic arc of him being a bit upset that he turned into the rampaging inhuman monster and not the Hulk. Yeah, and so he gets taken prisoner. And one of the saddest uh, endings to his story at one point is that he gets arrested, gets locked in a prison cell where he watches a film of his wife and himself prior to his transformation. And like he uh-huh. just gets sat. Get sat watching that, which I thought was quite cruel.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, that he's, was, a, was,
2: was he's a tragic a guy. <laughs> yeah. He's probably
1: yeah, sure just trying just, to turn that machine off, too, you know, to save people. They
2: really should stop putting those buttons all over these military installations, eh? Hey? Yeah.
0: It reminds me of that meme, the two red buttons, and it's just <laughs> unfortunate for him. They both turn, would turn him into uh, an abomination. Yeah. He's also died once in the comics. I know that's sometimes is a big thing, but, um, he only, has once? A, <laughs> only once from what i can see he died in issue uh 620 of the incredible hulk and how i can't remember who dies i think he gets betrayed by someone oh that's it marlo 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 uh frees dr strange and kills the abomination and so thus and death another tragic arc for misunderstood guy. I also think uh the other thing it's a it's a different character, but the abomination actually shows up in the Immortal Hulk run that I've read. And there it's sort of like his corpse gets taken over by the military and try utilized to try and take down the Hulk. So that was an interesting addition that I thought that like the Abomination can be more than just this character, that it becomes like this sort of thing that can be used by the military to um try and stop the Hulk at all at all costs.
1: Yeah, I, I hadn't known much about him other than um, some animated series stuff and the movie, you know, the Edward Norton version of the Hulk. That was good. It was good. We can see there are real people under there, so, sort of, sometimes. Do you guys, can you relate with him at all? Daniel usually will uh, tell us how much he can relate to one of the villains. I, I don't. I don't know if I can relate to the Abomination, though.
2: Perhaps relate <laughs> to silly, innocuous decisions having large, far-reaching consequences. And that's true. Remember, yeah, I mean,
0: in, in the movie, I didn't touch on it, but, like, I, I, I presume most of us have seen the movie where Tim Roth, unfortunately, plays, like, a, a craggly version of Abomination, where, uh, like, I think he, like, decides, he makes, like, the wise decision of, like, yeah, I'll just take some of Banner's blood. Like, he, he just accepts a blood transmission that no one would accept. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I think it's always just this tragedy of doing things with radiation that are probably not advised by the World Health Organization.
2: Wait, wait, uh, didn't She-Hulk get a blood transfusion from Bruce Banner? I don't know that. I think that's her origin. Would make sense. Wow. So she gets to become a hero.
1: Yeah. I mean, Blonsky there started off as some sort of spy, so he's already sort of chosen a certain path. Should, Should we take a look at the cards? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we're are gonna look at Hawks Nemesis. There's six cards, only four uniquely titled cards. Uh Mike, why don't you read Inner Demons for us? Sure.
2: Alright, I love that art. Holy moly, look at that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, Inner Demons is Bruce Banner's obligation. Give for the Bruce Banner player. Change form, flip your identity, and then if you are Bruce Banner, discard two cards from your hand. Discard this obligation. If you are the Hulk, exhaust your hero. Discard this obligation. And it has three boost
1: icons. So here's our very different obligation that we finally are getting. What do you guys think of this one? I love love how they broke the mold, right? Um, Yeah. Forced flip. You don't get a choice. Like the Hulk doesn't get a
2: choice. Banner doesn't get a choice. I love it. Wow. It never goes away. Right. If you're the Hulk, yep, you exhaust the Hulk. If you're Bruce Banner, there go your options.
1: Yeah, it's pretty punishing, it feels like. It's like a big tempo hit. Um, you could be planning on a big Hulk smash turn and then get flipped into Bruce and then you know lose some cards. You're down to, what, like two cards in your hand for a whole turn?
2: Yeah, I really like it. Like, because it's, yeah, it's a tempo hit. Everyone else is, there's usually a discard, one of your key assets type of wording. Mhm. So that could be potentially when that hits more punishing. I think this is more flavorful than anything and I that's why I really like it. And I don't think I'd be upset for this to come out just because it makes so much sense.
1: Yeah, they they definitely hit the theme on the head. Glenn, I know you guys just did a Hulk review and you commented on how we do such a good in-depth look at these cards, so then we brought you on to do an in-depth look at these cards. Uh <laughs> what what do you think? <laughs> uh yeah, it's
0: sort of like a it's a self-fulfilling cycle but you, yeah. you uh you probably could have you could have easily done this without me um but i was gonna defer to this episode on our podcast because uh, i thought i thought i'd save the uh the tasty meat of this analysis to you guys <laughs> i <didn't laughs> get to dodge and here you get get to dodge it anyways no nope. but um I, I think it's one of those things where it's an interesting idea to force it. It's just unfortunate because of his hero set. It, it, it's it can be a bit too punishing, I think. But um, it makes cards like the Black Widow synergy is pretty good, and then Spycraft is pretty interesting too. So, like, if you commit to like a thematic deck with protection using Black Widow, or if you uh, have like a spy theme, justice, there are ways to avoid the Inner Demons, which I thought were interesting. But otherwise, this is pretty brutal. It, it kind of it really. Disrupt your entire turn, which not any other, no other obligation currently does that. I think. I think this is a better. Like for the villains, this is definitely a plus. Like you, you want these sort of cards being shuffled into your in
1: decks. Yeah. Um, the other ones can be disruptive, but a lot of times
2: you sort of get that free flip back to alter ego. Maybe. Yeah. Like who? Yeah. Who doesn't want that? Like Carol Danvers, Ms. Marvel. They want to be an alter ego to set up their hero turn, so it's not that punishing, especially for Ms. Marvel. Who, well, I guess she exhausts, but I mean, she doesn't have a lot of stats, so right. So what? I mean, this hurts. This hurts every way.
1: Yeah, even even if it brings you back into Hulk, but you're exhausted, you don't get to use your Hulk smashes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you you don't get to attack, and what he does is he attacks. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal, I, and I think Hulk's already struggles a little bit. Glenn, you guys did a good review on the Hulk pack and hit on some of his weaknesses, and I think this one just exploits those weaknesses. And it has three boost icons, which is our only yeah. obligation with three boost icons.
0: Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, we can get into it by the end of the set, but it actually feels like, honestly, that this set stayed the same after he got nerfed. So I, I have a theory that whatever changes they did to Hulk happened, and then his obligation set remained the same. Like, like, no, like mm. he has three pips on every card. Like, it's, yeah. it's absolutely ins- it's absolutely insane,
1: really. Let's bring that up. So all the cards we're going to read are going to have three uh, boost icons, which I think feels Hulk-like, right? His stuff is powerful. He's powerful. So kind of like that. I mean, especially like that as a villain. That is great to see all these threes. But he doesn't benefit from any damage like She-Hulk does. He, he does feel a little weaker than some heroes sometimes. Because of his hand size, because you have trouble controlling him a little bit, and th- this, yeah, this card all around. I, I think You're right. He, he might have been stronger, and then they they did these and never adjusted them. So I've heard yeah. on a few of the interviews, right? I've heard Michael Boggs comment how there was like two of these obligations in the deck at one point, and they cut it what? down to one. Yeah, but, but it was just too frustrating. He said. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. It's interesting
0: because I feel like that is a lever you could pull, but um, you'd have to make the core hero uh, a bit, but, uh, you know, have a bit more meat on him for that to work. I, I, I think it's fine where it's settled. I just think it's interesting that for someone that can't thwart, and then you shuffle in uh, five cards that have three boost icons into a set where thwarting is all already, like, really challenging, is an interesting decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. Maybe, like, cards like, what is it? Cremptive Strike or... Uh like Black Widow's attacker, but I think like the interesting thing is like Black Widow as a partner is really good, I think, like with him. Like if you're considering the Nemesis set as like a, a thing that's gonna come up. Like I just think Black Widow interestingly has some strong synergy, which might be incidental.
2: That's that's awesome. That's we have yeah, more reason to play them together. Okay, I want to do that now.
0: Yeah.
1: Alright, Glenn, why don't you read uh, Abomination for us?
0: So, Abomination is a minion, two scheme, three attack, elite, gamma, six health. has the force response after Abomination attacks you. Discard the top card of your deck. If a physical resource was discarded this way, take two damage. And he also has three boost icons. Yeah, this guy is pretty brutal. Six health is really challenging. Interestingly, it lines up well with Hulk's signature set. Like, a lot of the things a Hulk does is either like a reset or a punch for the attack that he has. So, you can exhaust, use another card in hand, and tap this guy out, the Tony comes in. But um, for the most part, six health is actually a pretty problematic number because Relentless okay. Assault doesn't get through it, yeah. Uppercut doesn't get through it. It's it's a really good number for a minion to have. And uh, I hope moving forward we see this number used more because six six means that it often, in solo, can't be cleared, and then in multiplayer, you kind of have to work together to, to defeat this boss-like uh, minion. Which, which, again, all buys into the theme of what the game is, should be about. Yeah, I've had this Force Response trigger a few times, and it's really painful when you're playing Hulk. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, a lot of those Hulk decks are full of physical resources, right? I mean, that's his entire kit is physical resources, except for that one card. So there's a good chance that you're going to reveal a
2: physical resource when you get attacked. Also a very cool callback to the old Hulk ally. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's that's yeah, that's a nice part of it, right, is it kind of ties in mechanically to what the core set Hulk was doing. That's a nice
1: that's a nice touch.
2: Gamma traded. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, what I, f- I love here is the Abomination can scheme for two, but Hulk can't thwart for anything. So uh, maybe the Abomination's got a little bit more going on upstairs than Hulk does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean I I guess he would have to if he can't switch back into a smarter version. He doesn't have a Bruce Banner. Right. But, yeah, the other yeah. thing
0: is, um, we haven't seen it yet, but his side scheme ties into where like, because of his health total, like if you commit to clearing him, you often can't clear the side scheme associated with him. So like what he brings to the table is quite good because something additional will probably happen in, in the villain phase. And there's also incentive that you may want to stun this guy. If you can't clear him, the turn he comes out. So things like spider girl become quite good.
2: Oh yeah. Uh. Steve, what is this side scheme that Glenn is talking about? Sure. Total Destruction
1: is a side scheme. Threat cannot be removed from this scheme while Abomination is in play. It is a hazard. It starts with two threat per player, and it, of course, has three boost icons. I love seeing the hazard ones because more cards out of the villain deck means more stuff going on. And it's protected by Abomination, so you've got to kill off him first. Before you can go after the the side scheme, which is great, means you might actually draw hazard from this, especially in solo. Yeah, that's a, it's pretty good. I like they tie together.
2: Yep. it's one of those ones that's really punishing in solo and becomes less and less punishing with more people.
1: Yeah, if you're in a three player game, you got to do six damage first, then six fort. So um, it's not impossible. De- definitely something you want to think about, though.
0: Yeah, the um. The interesting thing about this side scheme is the way it's worded. So it says threat cannot be removed from the scheme. So it's not like you can't just thwart it and use alternative tools. Like, you just literally can't take threat off this side scheme until the, like, the Abomination has to be gone from the table. Yeah, like no, no beat cop. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing I thought about with, with this card was actually that um, if we ever see an Abomination villain and then the Nemesis set comes into play uh, without Ooh. the Abomination. like You you have basically oh. a hazard icon that just sticks on the table. So, yeah. Oh my I gosh. Thought was, I thought it was interesting that what this card actually has the potential for in the future if they produce an Abomination villain.
1: Okay, now we need an Abomination villain for sure. Just so that can happen. It's unfortunate yeah.
2: that it all happens to the Hulk, because no one's picked the Hulk as the superhero they want to see destroyed. Right. I think they already feel bad for the Hulk a little bit.
0: He's got sympathy points uh, yes. amassing, so <laughs> he's safe for now. He's safe yeah. this week. He'd be safe next week, but in a month, who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, I I always like when the villain and their side schemes tie together. Sometimes they they do a great job of that. Sometimes they seem fairly disconnected. But yeah, total destruction looks pretty good. You know, when it comes out, uh, not much more to say about it though. I don't think so. Our last card is our spoiler that we got from FFG way back for the Hulk pack. I'm going to have um, I'm gonna have Glenn read it. Go, go ahead, Glenn.
0: Uh, yeah, so this is Clash of the Titans. It's a treachery. When revealed, the enemy with the highest attack attacks the hero or ally with the highest attack. First player decides. Ties. Uh, if no attack is made this way, this card can surge. Uh, and it's got three pips as well, and there are three of them in the Nemesis set. Player the text is, you are all beneath me, which is what every villains should be saying just to remind heroes of their position yeah this card is uh, you guys probably covered it already but this card doesn't really work with the rules as set up but i i I hate being a rule stickler so i'm just going to move on from that and really just talk about the intention of what this card is trying to do and what this intention of this card is trying to do is set up a massive epic brawl each and every turn and I, i quite like it so i think it's i think it's pretty cool it's choosing their best villain uh yeah, their best enemy against your best uh, hero, and so you're really just trying to prove who's better. And often the villain wants to prove that they're they're the one swinging big for the turn. So yeah, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's neat how it's gonna it can target one of your allies. We did talk to Caleb about it, and he did say when that attack is init- initiated against or by the enemy, you know, say say it's attacking one of your allies. You can still block that attack with anybody that you have by exhausting them, just like any normal time you would defend against an attack. So you can still jump in the way of it with some chump if you didn't want your best guy to take the take the hit. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: that
1: yeah that cut yeah
0: that's, yeah it's kind of suggested by the text, which is nice. Um, like I said, I don't like being a rule stickler, but I think because they haven't actually in you can't actually target allies for attacks yet but um i don't know if the rules reference is changing to address that well uh, yeah this card lets you (laughs) it does that is true yeah that's cool and i like that you can still block because i think that offers some interesting hero moments as much as the villains don't like the idea of friends defending for friends it's unfortunately going to happen in this case
2: and you know being a villain it's really nice extra attacks are really nice because you want your heroes to exhaust You want this to come out early in the phase because if your heroes exhaust you have the opportunity for their obligations to come out
0: yeah that's that's a good uh sort of design link especially yeah if you have drawn an an extra card at some point yeah that's true we we don't see a lot of ways that the villain kind of exhausts heroes yet like that's not really a theme that any of the villains have really established
2: yeah Um, the biggest way they seem to do that is by attacking Right. and then those yeah. heroes with two, three defense—they're the ones that that end up exhausting, and to them, hopefully, have a way to deal with the obligations if they come up. Yeah,
0: that's a that's a really good point because extra additional activations
2: are, are one way in which
0: like the villain can kind of outpace the hero, and and if you select targets for it, it it, it does force those awkward blocks. Like you're more likely to exhaust, right? Because if they're like yeah. targeting like a really critical piece to your board state. Yeah, that's a really good point. I I quite like that. It, part of me wishes this card surged in a way, <laughs> like, but I don't. It's too. <laughs> mm, it'd be too brutal if it did. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> I think I think this sort of card would do well if it was like less pips but had surge. But um, that's besides the point, I guess.
2: Well, maybe it's one of those cards that's better as a boost.
0: It's definitely not bad as a boost. <laughs> it certainly concentrates the deck. Like you're, you've got to do the math differently once this card shuffled in, right? Like if there's three of these in the deck, like your your chance of a three pip just went up quite quite significantly. Yeah.
2: Oh, this this set in Claw is insane.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the real villain there is Hulk. Sadly, <laughs> <'cause> you brought <laughs> you, you brought Hulk to the scenario. But again, I think again, Black Widow is really good, right? Because she can grappling hook the shadows of the past, the shadow of the past when it comes out for Hulk. Like I think it just reinforces that I really want to play Black Widow with Hulk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this this set has a neat feature of having no additional allies in it. No attachments. Just abomination, his total destruction, and then three clash of the titans. A lot of times we get like some sort of side minion, you know, a Hydra Soldier or something like that. I like that it's just it's just Abomination punching as much as he can.
0: Yeah, it probably falls in line with their design intention, right? Like the it, even the nemesis set is streamlined. Like it, it's just meant to reflect attacks so like a newer player can kind of they know who abomination is probably from the films um or if not it's just it just looks like a villainous hulk and then it yeah. does the same thing that hulk does only probably a little bit better it <laughs> probably hits you harder than he hulk hits back
1: so your overall impressions normally daniel would rank this for us on like a school grade I think it's pretty high i'm not sure what he would give it but i, I think it's a pretty it- solid nemesis set
0: is it like a at yeah. a gamma? Like, am I saying like, is it you know fifteen hundred riken or whatever the <laughs> the measurement is for radiation? I can't remember what you call it.
1: I know what he usually would it. say it's a B plus
0: or it's an A. so oh, Uh I think. Well, if we're talking about from a villain perspective, I think this actually probably
1: is like an A minus.
0: I think it's missing a few things to make it an A plus. But uh, I'd put it. I'd give it an A minus.
1: There you go. That's our official ranking then. A minus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, substitute teacher today. Yeah, I I like the set. I think it's a a good set. I think it's gonna you know target Hulk. It's gonna make it Hulk's gonna be able to thwart the side scheme, which hazards you're gonna get to clash of the Titans quicker. Uh, Abominations, we said is he's really solid, and that obligation is just rough. So
2: I quite like it. And the art is amazing. I think this is my favorite art set for Nemesis
1: i'm not sold on the side scheme art but the other two yeah. uh the other three cards look great
0: yeah we didn't we didn't really talk about it but um yeah i totally agree like the pete peter maca is it what is his name P- patrick McAvoy does a really good job on that obligation like i really I quite like that art and then yeah. um and then mcgill i think does a really good job with abomination the uh clash of the titans is like it's fine i it, it looks like they both just missed a swing. <laughs> like, like they both, they're punching air.
1: <laughs> oh, i I thought Hulk just caught Abomination right in the side. He was just getting them. That's Miguel there. And then the side scheme is Patrick as well. So it's just two artists doing the four cards. Yeah. I'm happy for both of these artists to
0: continue with the game. Um, Miguel did a lot of the Hawkeye art and it's quite, it's quite impressive as well. If Hawkeye was any good, we'd care about that yeah 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 we had to slip that in right just the that's right. the, you know if this nemesis set is an a minus uh hawkeye is an f for uh <laughs> for many reasons that's right <laughs> so, thanks to kennedy hawk for that official rating by the way that's that's
1: his words yeah i'm right. just repeating what he said so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right uh unless you guys have anything else mike why don't you tell the folks where our secret layer is
2: yeah we are critical encounters pod at gmail.com feel free to contact us perhaps swap some plans to create gamma super soldiers of your own on facebook we are critical encounters on discord we are known as Vardane, wandering took and remedy if you like our show tell your friends if you don't like our show tell your enemies glenn take us out foolish rebel
0: your pitiful display is nothing to my newfound power